You are listening to the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We are rediscovering the ancient way here, and I'm going to get right to it because we are in part three, which should be the conclusion of this topic that's just unfolding as we keep talking. Today is leading up to Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. It begins at sundown tonight. As I'm saying, the whole reason I'm talking about this series and just boom, 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 getting it out today is for anyone across this entire earth who might not have the understanding that God has given me, which again is an, is kindergarten level, okay? There are, there are rabbis, there are teachers, there are preachers, pastors who could like blow your mind with information towards this topic specifically. Listen, it is not me. But guess what? I don't care. I'm not here to impress anyone. I'm trying to share what the Lord has opened my eyes in mere incremental measure to expand the awesomeness of what? All of the imagery that was not mere imagery, imagery that made it all the way through Yeshua the Messiah into now, into any of us now who are in Christ, to what? to do something now, to do something, to do what, to be what, in order to be found clean, consecrated, and holy, rightly acceptable in the eyes of our King. We just talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, when Paul was talking about, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Have you, have you forgotten who you are and all the things I've said? Have you forgotten this reality of, of what has actually taken place? And because of that, you'd better glorify God in your body. <laughs> and again, I've man, I just feel like that in this moment that he was like pointing his fingers like, man, y'all better do this. Glorify God in your body. We talked about what that is to celebrate and give honor and glory and clothe with splendor and render him excellent and illustrious and renowned in your body. And friends, I'll just ask you a question. Only you can answer it. Do you do that? Do you glorify God in your body? I'm giving you a moment to like literally ask yourself. And if, you're, if, you're, if your answer was yes, I, I do. Okay, here's another question, and let's ponder on these things because people don't ask enough questions because nobody wants to offend anyone else. And I would say this if we were sitting in a coffee table or if I was up behind a podium at a church, I would say it just the same looking you in the eye. If you glorify God in your body, if when I asked that question you said, yes, I do that, how do you do it? You should have a list. Not a list on a piece of paper in your wallet, but you should have a list of something out of your out of your being that says, this is what I do. Your answer should not be in any way, well, I'm in Jesus, Joel. I'm covered by the blood. I glorify God in, the, in my body by being in Jesus. No, sir. No. That is not, <laughs> that is not possible by mere existence. We have been invited into what? Man, I don't even have time. I want to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, how how Adam and Eve surrendered dominion. Man, I don't have time for that. This would be 12 parts. But what we have to do now is we have been given through Yeshua the Messiah and his perfect sacrificial life blood spilled for us. 
we've now been invited into the culmination of all the ages, which is to redeem what was lost and forsaken in the fall. Which is what? Walking naked in the garden of God, arm in arm in the cool of the day with our Creator, in absolute perfect authority that comes from Him, governing, ruling, and reigning over this entire earth in absolute authority under the headship and lordship of God Creator. Holy cow, right? That's no... Now, can you casually do that? Can you do that? And man, that's even barely scratching the surface. We could... I could literally... I right now could talk three hours just about that tiny component. Go all the way back to man. Almost a year and a half ago when I did the What is Man series. Rediscovering man's purpose and origin and why he was even created and what we are now to reestablish here in Yeshua Messiah. On earth as it is in heaven, what are we doing? We're redeeming and undoing all that was forsaken and lost. And that's part of all of this, is a component of this. Now, we're returning to what we once were, which is the perfect abode of God. Free of sin, free of shame, free of hiding. Clean. Clean conscience. I can talk to the Father Man, we talked about this in a broadcast just the other day. What did Adam do? Adam and Eve hid from the Father. They hid from their Creator for the first time. Why? Shame. Shame. They did not have a clear conscience. They were dirty. Same thing today. Now, we have the blood of Yeshua Messiah that can rightly present us to the Father, but we get dirty like the cup analogy I gave in part two. We got to clean it out. We've got to present ourselves holy, righteous, blameless before the Lord, which, again, we have to do something. To bring all this together, we are now a royal priesthood. We were once nothing. We do understand that, right? I talk about that a lot. The church doesn't get it. I understand. I didn't get it for almost my entire life, who I really was invited to become a part of when I was purchased by the Son. I wasn't merely just saved and had this individual encounter, me and Jesus reality. No way. That's just a tiny component of the whole. But I'm now a royal priesthood. I was once nothing. I was individual, lost, wayward, in darkness. But now, in Messiah, in, my, in any one of us who have, who have heard the call and responded in repentance, in the, the literal surrendering of, surrendering of our very lives, we've now been called to imitate that which we have seen throughout the proper worship of the King now in the Messiah, which goes all the way back to the Old, Old Testament temple understanding. There is something for us to do. There is something for us to give ourselves to that we have to get through our modern-day Christian thinking and burn all that nonsense up that says don't do a thing. Bask in the blood of Jesus and just be in his presence. Poof. How in the world, friend, if that is your understanding and your doctrine, what do you do with the royal priesthood reality then? without knowing what the priesthood did. (laughs) Why are we called a royal priesthood then? He could have called us anything. It was for a purpose. It was for a reason. Why is Yeshua Jesus the great high priest? 
because of a function, because of an example that preceded so that we, if give ourselves to it, can get the imagery and apply it today, post-Messiah. As I was talking about this um, with my wife and, and just bouncing things around in my own head, praise the Lord for her. She's so patient. She always says, Joel, as I get frustrated, right? I like, I, I'm not joking now. I'm not kidding. I would travel the world and speak three times a day right now. This has been going on for a year now. I mean, I thought this would wane. I would speak three, man, if I didn't have a family, I would, in all seriousness, I would buy a small RV and I would just drive around, man. Hey, can I come speak at your church? Hey, hey, you doing a Bible study by any chance? By any chance? Hey, are you an atheist, but you've got some questions? <laughs> I'm not even joking, man. I would go anywhere <laughs> for however long, at whatever cost, to have an opportunity to stand up and to proclaim the ounce of revelation that God is pouring out into my life. Oh my, oh man. So anyway, I say that to say like, she says, I get frustrated. That was my whole point. I get frustrated. I'm like, I just want to speak, honey. I just want to speak. I want to proclaim these awesome things to anyone that would listen. She says, I'll listen. I'll always listen. Man, what a gift, right? I mean, seriously. What an incredible gift, because she means it. And how do I know she means it? Because she does it every day. Because she does it every single day. (laughs) And as we were talking, the Lord just reminded me of this text in Ezekiel. Okay, and again, we're going to bring this all the way around into a close here in mere moments. This is going to be a short uh, final part three. And again, we're, we're, we're barely even touching anything of the whole. This is just tiny little pieces of all that's within all of this. But as as we're talking, and again, to, to bring this rightly to a close and connect everything beginning to end the best I know how, because we talked about the call to holiness and being clean during the days of all that are culminating tonight as the sun sets, we're going to have a movement into atonement, Yom Kippur. And the days of all are going to be behind us, is going to be closed. I talked about the call to holiness and being found clean, the individual responsibility, because again, we're talking about a priesthood. And again, for I don't care about being redundant. This is how our brains work and what we need. You cannot be a priest and be a part of a priesthood and have a rightful understanding of what that was intended to tell us if we don't understand the priest and the priesthood that came the first time around. We cannot know it. And so there was a call to be holy and a call to be clean that was individual first. I mean, even even in the days of all that led up to Yom Kippur, the great, the not the great, see, I've got to be careful and don't, I'm, I can sense people like trying to grab pieces I say and be like, hey, you that's not even biblical. The high priest, okay, Old Testament high priest, they would leave their home for seven days leading up to Yom Kippur to just like, man, it, every I would assume every waking second of that individual was just, I mean, permeated with, I've got to be holy. I've got to be clean. I've been chosen to go into the most holy place the only time of the entire year. I've got to be clean. Individual. Then household. We've got to take care of our homes, friends. Here in this age, I've got to be a priesthood in my home with my wife and with my son. 
And then the corporate. The call for me to be holy, to be distinct, to be set apart, to be clean, is for part of the, comp- of the component, if you will, of the corporate reality. Because I'm, I say this all the time, man. And I wish I could stand up in front of a million congregations and say this. How you come into a gathering, into a meeting, into a fellowship, into a prayer meeting, into a Bible study, how you come is how that meeting and that gathering is going to go. How that assembly functions is dependent upon each member of that assembly and how they come. Firm, I, firm, I believe that to the core of my being. Part of my drive to be clean and holy and righteous and being able to lift my hands in cleanliness in my mind with a clear conscience sprinkled by the blood of the of covered in the blood of Yeshua the King. Part of that is so that I can come be a part of a people. I can be part of a people. Man, if you're doing that and if you're doing that and if you're doing that in 20 and 30 and 50 and 100 and 200, do you understand this principle? It's the one-man reality. It's the echad of the Old Testament reality of the one man. It is what's before us. We got we get tiny glimpses now. Tiny. You better have a small gathering because the more you add, the more chances you have. You're not having echad. You're just not. Let's just be honest. I mean, pull me out on a Wednesday morning at 6 in the morning and put me in a gathering. I might ruin the echad. Me. Man, I'm just thinking this morning. I'm not right. I'm not clean. And that could be any one of us. So there's a individual, household, and corporate expression of what? Coming together as a consecrated people. And so we have to have this corporate understanding after it's in our household and after it's in our own hearts with our, us towards God, clear and clean, understanding at all times who we were, our former condition, and who we are now in Messiah. And so as I was talking to my wife about this, I've not forgotten my point, by the way, I was reminded of Ezekiel. And, and the Lord is speaking to his people. And he's telling them their condition when he found them. And I'm telling you, friend, let this sink down deep in you because only when a people gather together in a unified understanding of their former condition can I believe, this is my conviction, my personal belief, only those people who are truly humbled by choice and abased and denying themselves, only those will understand how to approach the throne of God rightly together. Only those do what we already looked at in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, which Paul was saying, how to glorify God in your body. Corporately speaking, the only way we're going to glorify God in our bodies is when we gather and we remember who we once were alongside who we now are. Because those things cannot, those two cannot be separated. Many in this generation want to, oh man, I'm an heir, I'm a priest, I'm a king, I'm a prince, uh, I'm the head and I'm not the tail, I'm going to be rich and I'm not going to be poor. You know, we've all heard this and we've probably all been a part of a congregation or at least a gathering that has said that. But oftentimes we forget also declaring who we once were who we used to be, how we were not a people, but we have been made a people. Again, we've, it's not, why in the world does the Bible say, or not say, we, let's put it that way, why doesn't the Bible say, you used to not be in Jesus, 
but now you are in Jesus. Again, the plurality of the kingdom. You, y'all, let's use the term in, in where I live. <laughs> you all used to be nothing but individual, sinful, wretched, idolatrous, rebellion, rebellious, haters of God. But now you're a people. I've made you an identifiable, distinguishable people. Not just a person, not just a saved person, not just a redeemed individual. I've made you a people. And so I was reminded of this in Ezekiel. I'm just going to read it. It's very long and it's very, man, I mean, most people have probably read this. I don't remember ever hearing this throughout most of my Christian life. God led me there about five years ago and I just like, I read that and I just thought, oh my gosh. Because again, I'm a, I'm a imagination driven imagery guy. So if you've heard this a million times or if you've never heard it before, listen, because I believe this is applicable to us as well. This was, of course, um, spoken by Yahweh Elohim to Israel. But let's just listen and see what happens. As for your birth, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water for cleansing. And again, man, listen, I've got to say this. Put on the thinking cap of what we're talking about with the high priest. The priestly garments. I've got. I'm going to give you a little help here, as I read the text, because this is going to make the text jump off of this page and be amplified. I believe if I tell you a little bit of why I'm even reading this. Think of because I didn't make this connection myself till I read it this morning. In light of this topic, think of the high priest's role. Think of the high priest's garments. Think of the high priest's function. What's going on? What he's doing? what he's wearing, what he's saying, what the environment looks like. As I read this, I encourage you to think through that lens. As for your birth, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water for cleansing. You were not rubbed with salt, or you were not even wrapped in clothes. No eye looked with pity on you to do any of these things for you to have compassion on you. Rather, you were thrown out into the open field, for you were abhorred on the day you were born. When I passed by you, and I saw you squirming in your own blood, I said to you while you were in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you while you were in your blood, live. I made you numerous like plants of the field. Then you grew up, you became tall, you reached the age for fine ornaments. Your breasts were formed and your hair had grown, yet you were naked and you were bare. So I passed by you and I saw you. And behold, you were at the time for love. So I spread my skirt over you and covered your nakedness. I swore to you and entered into a covenant with you so that you became mine, declares Yahweh Elohim. I bathed you with water. I washed off your blood from you. I anointed you with oil. I clothed you with embroidered cloth and I put sandals of skin on your feet and I wrapped you with fine linen and covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments. I put bracelets on your hands. I put a necklace around your neck. I put a ring in your nostril and earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown upon your head. Thus, you were adorned with gold and silver. Your dress was of fine linen, silk, and embroidered cloth. You ate fine flour. You ate honey and oil. You were exceedingly beautiful and advanced to royalty. 
And your fame went forth among the nations on account of your beauty, for it was perfect because of my splendor, which I bestowed on you, declares the Lord. Do you understand what that little bit of text is saying, friend? I hope this makes it across the way it makes it into my heart. I mean, I'm just going to skim over this, right? Because again, we're talking about priesthood understanding. The clothing, the jewels, the garments, the ornamentalness. If that's a word, we'll make it up if it's not. All of these things that the goodness of God bestowed upon us. Entering a covenant with us. And it just stood out to me, just bears noting that that Yahweh God now, creator of all the earth, is walking in this imagery, passes by and takes notice of her. Of you, of me. He's walking by and what? takes notice of our condition, of our need, of our depravity. We had been kicked to the curb, and not even just that, abhorred, hated, thrown out. But what? The God of all gods not just merely shows us compassion. He enters into a covenant and swears to us, cleans us. And again, here's the imagery. Washed with water, anointed us with oil clothed with embroidered cloth, wrapped in fine linen, adorned with ornaments, bracelets, bracelets, necklaces, a beautiful crown on your head, gold, silver, fine linen, advanced to royalty. Do you understand the imagery of why I'm reading this? This is a this is kind of to me now. And again, I'm no I'm no awesome temple teacher. But to me, this is like temple talk. This is temple talk to me. This is priestly talk. Imagery. It's who we've been made by the goodness of our creator. Revelation chapter 1. And from Yeshua Messiah, Jesus the Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Friends, we have been made kings and priests and there is no room anywhere in any of this for us to boast, for us to brag for us to run around a room and talk about how favored we are. And because I'm a priest and a king and an adopted son, man, this is what I'm going to get. Do you think the high priest would have done that? Do you think Aaron would have been that way in his heart before the awesome presence of the Lord? And here's the thing, we're going to close this up. We have got to be careful we do not squander our condition. If, in fact, we are priests, a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, if, in fact, that is who we are, and we got to figure that out first, you've got to know that first. You can't get to this point of the program and be like, oh, man, I don't even know if this is me. <laughs> it's not inherent. 
comes through the sun. But friends, we have to know, who are we? And if we're told that we're a royal priesthood, if we're told here in Revelation that we are kings and priests, what in the world does that mean? I believe, in closing, that part of this is all buried within the understanding, the rightful understanding of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the days of all, the preparation, the holiness, the laboring to be clean, the sanctification process. Because, friend, you have been, like Ezekiel, you've been all of these things cleaned, redeemed, given a purpose, taken in by the Father. Why? To accomplish your existence. To fulfill your purpose. To what? To be Yahweh God's literal dwelling place. So friends, therefore, 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 glorify God with your body. Glorify God with your body like you're the high priest going into the presence of the Lord where there's smoke and fire and incense and animals here and blood there and the sobering reality that if you're not clean and if you're not righteous and if you're not literally in the sun and soaked in the blood of the Messiah, living no longer for yourself, man, you're not going to make it. You're defiled. May we, as these Hours close leading up to Yom Kippur. Tonight, it comes in. Man, let us. If you listen to this in time or whenever you listen to this, we must repent. We must turn from our wicked ways. We must fall on the ground like all of those saints who preceded us, who fell on their faces before the presence of the Lord and said, Worthy is the Lord. Worthy is the Lord. When Yeshua Jesus rode in on the, on the donkey, Hoshiana, Hoshiana, save us, deliver us, rescue us. There's much for us to do, friends. I say that every episode, I know. There's much for us to do. Make sure you are clean, holy, priestly, It is our sanctification process of fulfilling our purpose. Thank you for listening. This is the Path to Zion podcast. Go to pathtozion.com 24-7. Subscribe there. Download the Podbean app for any device that you have if you want to be notified of all the new episodes that come out. We're working on more things. I don't even feel like talking about that today. I'm just thankful that you listened. If you've got questions, concerns, challenges, Telling me I'm wrong, I don't care. Send me an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We are rediscovering the ancient way you've been listening to the Path to Zion podcast. Amen.